Hi, I'm Jane Stahl, retired high school English teacher and director of community relations at Studio B Fine Art Gallery in Boyertown, Pennsylvania. And this is the Be Inspired podcast. My guests and I hope that in the few minutes you spend with us, you'll be surprised and delighted to meet someone new, become aware of projects going on in your neighborhood, and maybe entertain a new way to look at the world. Look, we all need to keep our spirits up in these challenging times, and I can't think of a better way to lift up our spirits than to meet interesting, passionate folks and learn about what they're doing to make life better for all of us. And so, join me now for the Be Inspired podcast. Hello, Be Inspired audience. Just a clarification. There are a few moments in my conversation with Bill Flatterbach that are, we had some technology issues. If there's a bit of a silence, hang on for a second or two. He'll be back. Thanks for understanding. Bye now. Hey, Bill. Welcome to the Inspired Podcast. Hey, Jane. How are you doing today? Yeah, really good. Beautiful day here in Lake Placid. That's awesome. We're here, of course, in New Berlinville, and for our Be Inspired, I'm talking today with Bill Flatterbach. Bill Flatterbach's an entrepreneur, owns Climco, stationed here, I guess, in Boyertown, and also in Texas, and probably a variety of places all over the world. Right, Bill? That's correct. <laughs> And uh, we'll talk about that in just a little while. I know, Bill, uh, through my work years ago with the promotions committee in building a better Boyertown, and I just remember Bill being so very, so very knowledgeable about so many things and very inspiring. And as one of the inspiring people that I've known for a very long time, I was inspired yet again by a Facebook post that Bill put up maybe a month or so, celebrating the anniversary of his recovery. And recover. I love recovery people. I think recovery people are especially attuned to important things in life as a result of their experiences. And so I invited Bill to talk a little bit about his recovery and about what inspires him uh, for our Be Inspired audience. So Bill, can you tell us a little bit about the celebration of your anniversary and how that came about? Yeah. Well, thanks, Jane. And you've inspired me in so many ways over the years. So, um, and all you do for the, for the school district and the bear program and the building better Boyertown and Paul's work with us on marketing. It's just been amazing. Um, so I, I do, uh, thanks for the invitation. And I must say, July 6th, I never had any intent of posting a celebration out to the general Facebook public, but I actually was just inspired to do that, thinking that it might make a difference. Um, you know, what I posted was a 35-year anniversary of my sobriety. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm 52 years old, so I got sober when I was at a young age of 17. And it was... You know, I, I, I must say, looking back, um, it was very difficult. I didn't think I had a problem. Like so many addicts and alcoholics, they don't necessarily see it. Um, when I was 17 years old, 
I had one, one of my parents were one, one parent wanted to enable the other wanted to have tough love and the tough love parent won out and they ended up um, sending me and enrolling me in this long term uh, one year plus rehab down in Falls wow. Church, Virginia. Yeah. Called Straight Incorporated. Um, so this wow. is a 30 day program. This is a long term one. <laughs> yeah. So it, needless to say, Jane, it was a surprise because uh, my parents one night when I came back after, you know, partying with my friends and on drugs and drinking, you know, said to me they were going to take me to a family counselor the following morning. So I, I fell asleep in the car. And when I woke up, they put me into this intake room where I went through an intake process with counselors who ultimately were convinced that I, yes, indeed, I had a problem. And they decided that I needed to stay. I had no idea what I was getting into. And I had no idea that my parents actually packed my luggage. Um, so I, I remember telling the the person that that went through uh, my the process of the intake. And I said, well, you know, this is fine. And I don't believe that I need to be here by any means. But certainly, you know, I don't have any luggage. I can't even stay. And then they brought my luggage in. And they said, well, your parents already packed your bags. <laughs> so... Uh, that was the start of a one-year rehab for me, Jane. That's an incredible yeah. story, Dale. How are you? I mean, you must have been in total shock at that particular point. And do you remember, I mean, a year? That's an incredibly yeah. long-term rehab. Yeah, it is. Do you, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so... Um, uh, Talk to me about what you right. learned there. Well, it was a really long-term rehab. And um, I think the first thing that I, you know, that they focused on is stripping you of, of all of the facades in life. You know, whether or not you like to wear rock concert t-shirts or have long hair, you know, you have everything. Uh -huh. And there was uh, multiple phases in the program. Um, and every phase you gradually earned some step back in the society. Um, you know, the first phase you lost everything. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't even go to the bathroom by yourself. You were, you were, uh, you know, kind of held by the belt loop, uh, when you walked outside, you know, we were underage. So in some ways, um, you know, it was like a mini prison. Some people were there. Some people were there instead of going to prison at young ages, they took uh, rehab instead of, uh, the jail system. You know, so I saw some really gotcha. difficult cases when I was there. But as you uh, confronted your issues and the, 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 it was a really a group rehab. So it was, um, you know, there was counselors, but the group ultimately confronted you and made you look at things. And um, again, there's five phases. You know, first phase, you lost everything. The second phase, you could start to have uh, sessions with your parents or siblings if they came uh, to the rehab in Virginia on, on parents' nights. Uh, third phase, you made it back to uh, school. So I actually graduated in Falls Church High School. Uh, fourth phase, you could actually start to have interactions, like travel with your family and take vacations. Um, and then fifth phase, once you made it through there, um, you know, you actually graduated in the program. And it was, it was a little dissimilar than a 12-step program like AA or yep. uh, Narcotics yep, yep. Anonymous, which I'm an active member of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous today, still yep. to keep it to keep it green and to give back to others that are in need. 
Um, but uh, it was a seven step program. So it was kind of like the 12 steps that a lot of us know in recovery in an abbreviated seven step um, program. And so it was, it was really, really hard. I mean, at first I was in denial. I didn't think I needed to be there. I wanted to lie my way through. Um, and then I, yeah, you know, yeah. then I had to reflect on how out of control my life was and how I went from, yeah. um, a track star and, you know, or a good, really quality yeah. track runner and, in, in uh, ninth grade, believe it or not, um, to, um, a totally, um, consumed young individual taking any, any drug I could get. Um, you know, at the age of 17. So it was literally um, almost like a two and a half. I, I actually used substances for two and a half years, but I, I crashed really heavy and I almost died. Um, so it was, it was no, I didn't do it. It, it I didn't do anything half, half measured. <laughs> so when I decided to uh, <laughs> use drugs and alcohol, I decided to hit it with a vengeance. <laughs> and, um, and which yeah. is in, in retrospect, honestly, Jane, it's i uh, I'm really glad I, I learned a lesson early before, I mean, I almost gave my life to addiction, um, you know, but certainly I see people struggle yeah. later in life and lose marriages and, and other yep. things and family members. And, you know, I think catching yeah. it early was a blessing for me. So I, I imagine you're really grateful to your parents today for taking that <laughs> step. But I imagine it was pretty difficult your relationships perhaps were really difficult early on in that, would you say? Yes, very, very difficult. I, I again, I just didn't didn't see it. You know, I didn't see the fact that I ended up in hospitals and you know with overdoses and um, you know found found by the South Whitehall police. Um, you know, walking down roads not knowing not, not knowing who I was. You know, all of that. You know, you would think any of those situations would be a rock bottom, but you know, certainly it wasn't for me. Um, so I, you know, I think I, I needed, a, you know, my parents at that time to understand what I was going through and realize that I needed some help that they couldn't give. And so it must have been, you know, I've talked to my parents a lot after that. You know, of course, it's been so many years. So we yeah. don't talk about it so much anymore. But, you know, just what they gave, sure. you know, uh, both financially. And I mean, they were only right. They were young. You know, they were really right, young. In fact, right. they were probably forty years old. Um, I can't imagine being forty and putting yeah. going through that. So it was it was amazing. Yeah. I, I I owe it all. I owe it to them. And I think, you know, but that that's the only. I I think the work started there, though, Jane. I think you know, being sober and clean, um, you know, throughout college and throughout life, and being new in business, you know, at the age of twenty five after college, and all those experiences trying to date and not drink when everybody was excited to turn 21 and drink. And, right. um, you know, I think I, I right. needed to really stay involved in a program and have friends that were also sober. And I, so I really got involved with the a youth movement in Alcoholics Anonymous. And, you know, we chose Alcoholics Anonymous, not because we use alcohol more than drugs. In fact, we use drugs more than alcohol. Um, yep. But to me, a substance is a substance. So anybody who says I can, you know, I, you know, I, uh, I have a problem with drugs, but I still drink, and you know, it, that never yep. worked for me. It may work for others, but not for me. Yep. So I, I needed to uh, find a program where 
I could uh, I could share. I could keep it green. Um, I could I could learn through other newcomers. I could give back to newcomers. Um, but the network of sobriety, staying sober, wasn't easy because at the end of the day, there's a lot of other issues that are the reason why I use drugs and alcohol. Um, yeah. And I think I you know facing those all the time, whether or not they're insecurities or what have you. Um, you know, facing them yeah. without a substance is, is a, was a new way of thinking for me. Um, you know, so it was, a, it was a, it was a challenge, but one, 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 I, uh, somehow I made it through. Um, there's a lot of times when I thought to myself, Jane, if I can just get my college degree, then maybe I'll try to drink again, you know, like, like a responsible human no being. <laughs> um, and then I would get my degree wow. and I'd realize, well, you know, maybe I should just get a job uh, because I'm, I'm afraid that I'm, po- I'm powerless <laughs> okay. over alcohol. And I, so I, I kept setting these milestones in my mind, but then ultimately the, the power of addiction and wanting to drink and use substances w- was lifted from me. And I, I'd say it took a good five years though, of, of, of really yep. more struggling with it and really needing the program to stay sober. So I got to say the work started once I left rehab. No kidding. Are you involved in a group today locally? I am. I, I, uh, I have some wonderful spot. We call it sponsors in, um, in AA. Um, and, um, so now with COVID, you know, I haven't gone to an AA meeting in some time. Some people ask me, you know, why do I continue to go after all this time? And my one sponsor who passed away a couple of years ago, his name was Phil, and uh, yep. and he was uh, my yep. my you know if you read the book Tuesdays with Maury, um, in yep. uh, later in my forties once I connected with Phil uh, Tuesdays with Phil was what I did when I was in Pennsylvania I would uh, he was a dapper <laughs> old gentleman um, yep. and I'd pick him up and we'd have dinner at a at a the a diner in in uh, Allentown that he went to for forty years we'd we'd have we'd have dinner and then we would hit an AA meeting on Tuesday night. Um, and then I would take him home and it was, it was Phil who said to me, Bill, um, you know, you know, I see that you've accomplished a lot in life. You've done a lot in sobriety. Um, but I, I think you're a, a taker more than a giver in, to sobriety. Um, and I think the best thing mm-hmm. for you is to start to go to the meetings more often again, you know, ask you know, if folks need a sponsor, if young, young individuals in the program need a sponsor, raise your hand to be their sponsor, but start to give back to the program that gave you so much. And, and that's the kind of tough love AA is all about and a good sponsor is all about. Imagine over a, di- over a dinner, having your friend Phil say you're a taker, not a giver. That's kind of a punch in the gut. Um, I'll you know, say, but yes. It was right but, on the money. It was yeah. right on the money. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's so much what I love about people in recovery is that that they've had to confront all these self issues about who they are and what reactions they 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 take toward people, circumstances, what but they've had to confront so many things about themselves that are not particularly beautiful, shall we say. Right. But digging yep. deep into who they are and why they do what they do and then making decisions on a daily basis, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, minute by minute sometimes about who they want to be. 
Mm-hmm. That's an amazing story, Bill. And I wanted to ask you, however, this past July the 5th, what inspired you? Was there something that happened that morning when you woke up that you decided to share at that point after all those <clears throat> many years, 35 years, you say? Yeah, 35 years. You know, I think, you know, it was, uh, I, I would, you know, one thing years ago, I'd say probably 10 or 15 years ago, I used to be very anonymous, you know, like kind of like Alcoholics uh-huh. Anonymous. And, you know, of my my, yep. my dear friends knew, of course, my wife, you know, I met my, my wife when I was 19. So, you know, we've, Lynn and I have been together for, you know, 33, 34 years now. And, you know, so my inner circle knew, my friends knew, um, but oftentimes I wouldn't let others know. And I, to me, it was very personal. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. then over the years, as I got more confident um, in myself, um, in, in society, in business, in life, I realized that, yeah. you know, if anybody ever judges me over my disclosure of my of my recovery, you know, then they're really just not individuals I care to be around. So I, I think for many yep. years I was and concerned. A, and it's obviously a way of your giving back to the community, giving back to people who need the inspiration you've become after all these many years. You know, yeah. the, all the successes right. and achievements you have, it's, you know, there's, there's I guess, suppose a self-confidence that comes with that and you're really fulfilling Phil's suggestion about giving back. That's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, thanks. You know, really and, beautiful thing. Yeah. Now, thanks. Uh, Go ahead. Please. Jane. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. I, I I lost you there for a second. Please repeat. Okay. <laughs> and perhaps losing you again? Nope, I'm here. Okay, good. I wanted to ask you, uh, I know you said you've been pretty anonymous all these many years, but uh, are you, have you realized or at least witnessed the stigma that surrounds this particular issue? Yes, yes, I have. I mean, I think in lots of different ways. Um, You know, I I think... um, I guess one of the stigmas are, you know, folks, you know, want to write somebody off or say, oh, they've got a problem or, um, you know, or, you know, one of the, you know, maybe one of the other stigmas are folks think that, you know, they can change somebody. Um, You know, I think at the end of the day, you know, I know why I use now. Um, You know, I think it took me years to really realize it. Um, You know, one of the things that, that I struggle with later in life, even in sobriety is uh, OCD of the mind. So I'm, I'm think I'm an analytical guy. I think about everything. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and sometimes I think too much about something. Oh, if things are going well, I may think of something, Oh, you know, maybe I do have a problem and then I'll think about that problem in 360 degrees and, uh, and really overly focus yeah. on it. And I think, you know, so I, I actually am aware of that now. And I'd say I used, uh, I use that in a positive way in business and in life, you yep. know, to, to, to further yep. myself and in my family and my life, just because I'm very, very focused. So I, but, but that was a danger at one time and then I turned it into a positive, but I think, I think just the, the, the stigma that, um, you know, oh, they're just an alcoholic and they're, 
um, you know, they've, they've wasted themselves and, um, you know, they're, they're no good or, you know, they're a detriment to society, you know, at the end of the day, you right. know, they're, they're individuals that, um, that have an addiction. Um, you know, I, I think, so I, I, I always believe in hope. Um, I also believe that an yep. individual needs to want it themselves. I think that we're powerless yep. over other people. It's the first step of AA is realizing that we're powerless. Um, you know, so I can't change anybody. Um, but all I can yep. do is I can tell them my experience, strength and hope is what we say in the program. You know, what works for yep. me and, yep. and as opposed to pointing the finger. Um, so that's my my. I don't, I don't brand anybody an alcoholic. Um, I don't have any issues with folks that drink, you know, we have alcohol in the house. My friends drink at our house. My wife has wine, um, yep. casually, none of that bothers me, you know, but I think, um, you know, just, you know, just trying to help out those in recovery, um, and realize that, you know, they're, they're, they, they're really wonderful people too. And, you know, they're, they're using substances and alcohol to, to mask something. And, but at the end of the day, they, they need to, they need to realize it. They need to hit the bottom. Um, they need to want recovery. And I think, you know, maybe that's the most frustrating thing is being powerless over other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really difficult thing to watch and wait and be patient for people to get there because you're absolutely right. It, doesn't work if it doesn't come from within right absolutely 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 so um with all this one of the things you mentioned was that you have realized in recent years you have an ocd of the mind Mm -hmm. and that reminds me of conversations i've had with other people in recovery who share that a perception that perhaps we all in some fashion or another are addicted to one thing or another, you know, people, not just drugs, not just alcohol, not just gambling, but some folks to their work, some folks to uh, games that they play or things that they watch, but perhaps all of us on some sort of a spectrum are addicted to something, one thing or another. And it behooves all of us, I think, to, you know, to be, to have some empathy, to have some compassion, to realize that, you know, this is not something that people choose to do, right. to get up one morning and say, yes, I'm going to be an addict and I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I, I'm going to do all these things that are not good for me. Um, I think, you know, one of the misconceptions is that folks feel that you do it to yourself and therefore you can just stop and not realize the behaviors or the the feelings or um, the mind sets or the chemicals of your of your individual brain that set you up for needing a distraction or feeling that you need you know, something or another to, um, you know, to take the edge off of life or whatever. But I think, you know, we're all kind of on that spectrum of of addiction somewhere and there, but for the grace of God, go a lot of us, Mm -hmm. you know, and do you know what I mean? And perhaps have it have embraced addictions that are somehow societally (laughs) more accepted. Yeah, no, I I used to joke, (laughs) Jane, that, um, so once I realized that I had an addictive personality, 
Uh, I used to joke in college that back when the arcades were popular, that instead of going to the bar, I would take a bunch of coins and go play arcade games. And it was hard for me to leave the arcade game because I just couldn't get enough or, um, you know, so I I used to joke, you know, now the gambling addiction never hit me um, or the food addictions. And I've seen that impact a lot of people. You know, so a couple of them never touch me, but you know, I think just knowing that I'm addictive yeah. uh, by nature, it, maybe it's the reason why I like certain more, you know, adrenaline type sports or activities. Or, but but I, you have to turn yeah. it into a positive, yeah. and I think you know, for me, um, you know, it's you know, for me, I know that you know, for instance, today I like I like uh, to work out, I like to hike, but I I like to hike on steep terrain. Yep. I like to hike on adrenaline you know, more, you know, a little bit of a uh, little bit of danger um, sometimes is a good thing yeah. for me. Um, it's why I got into skydiving because it focused me. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a distraction. In fact, if my mind was going in racing into an OCD and thinking about things, what, what a better way to combat that than learn how to skydive? Because when you're working with your instructor on on your next dive pattern, or you're working with your instructor on how to pack your pack, um, that's going to save your life on the next jump. You know, the one thing it does is it focuses you. And I think I enjoyed, you know, a sport like that because of the focus it gave me, not necessarily over the adrenaline, but I loved the fact that when I was at the jump zone that day, I wasn't thinking about my problems. I was thinking about jumping. Um, so I think as gotcha. you know, in, and I do that in business, you know, I, I turn it into, uh, you know, tackling a problem for a client or working with my team on certain team um, initiatives, you know, but I take that same passion and focus and focus it in, in positive ways. Yeah, that's the deal, isn't it? Yep. That's, that's the that's, deal is to find deal. that focus mm-hmm. on which you can place your energies for a positive thing for your own life, for other people's lives, and for the world in general. Listen, Bill, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Be Inspired podcast. And I could talk to you for hours, I think, about all these many things. But once again, thank you very much for joining us. And thank you. Good luck with everything you do. And stay safe. Yeah, okay. we'll we'll do. Thank you so much for inviting me to this. Week. I really appreciate it. Take care you now. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Be Inspired podcast. If you enjoyed the Be Inspired podcast, please subscribe to be notified of new episodes. This podcast can be found on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And we welcome you to suggest people, projects, and perceptions that inspire you. What the world needs now is inspiration. Contact me, Jane Stahl, at studiobbb.org or stop by Studio B. More information can be found in the episode notes. We are eager to meet you and learn what it is you love. This is the end of today's episode, and I hope you find your way today to be inspired.